Welcome to the Taylor and Jen Podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Hey guys, we're just going to do a million push-ups yes. and it's going to be okay. And don't forget to breathe. Yeah. Life 107.1. I did a little bit of cleaning and organizing over the weekend, found mm-hmm. some jeans that I hadn't worn in a long time. <laughs> Even this morning, tried to put them on yep. and I'm like, okay, too many Cheez-Its. So here we are in the age of quarantine and COVID-19 mm-hmm. and I have to go on a diet and get in shape. And here's the deal. When you're stuck at home, all the gyms are closed. Yeah. You're kind of stuck with the YouTube fitness people. Yes. And have you noticed how chipper they all are? They're very chipper. And they act like it's so easy. Exactly. They're like, hey, guys, we're just going to do a million push-ups. Yes. And it's going to be okay. And don't forget to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about we have a different fitness instructor? Oh, yeah. Like a more realistic one? A L- little bit more realistic. Th- right. This gentleman is going to lead us through some stretches. So feel free to join along if, if you're not in your car right oh, now, if you're sorry. at home. I need to get out of my yeah, chair. go ahead and go ahead and stand okay. up. We're gonna we're gonna do fitness, fitness with class. with this gentleman. Here we go. Good morning, all. Good morning. And welcome to my weekly blog on how to get fit and stay fit. His weekly blog. It's no good unless you do your stretch. You must do your stretch. Must do stretch. The first one is with the head. The head. Up and down. Stretch up and my down, head. Up and down. down. No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> This is very important for the lower body. You use a chair. You got a chair. And you put your leg up in the chair. Oh. No. Putting my leg up in the Uh. chair. Ah! You put your leg up in the chair like that. And you straighten it out. Okay. And then you tip your knee with your head. What? You lean forward like And you feel you feel the back of your leg stretch. That's very good. That feels good. One second now. You can't. So I just lean forward like And you feel it in your back. And you feel it in your abs, are your abs there or there, or your pecs or something? And then you go forward, like, oh, oh, like that. And you do that for about 10 minutes. I guarantee you, you'll be flying. So that's it just for this morning. Tomorrow morning, though, we'll do it a bit more advanced, and it'll be a bit more technically inclined, but I'll explain it all to you. So that's it, now. Keep your, keep your fitness up, and the important thing is you must do your stretching. Okay. God bless now. Goodness, what are you doing? He was walking up to turn off his webcam. I am sweating. You have that moment after a really good family dinner. Oh, yeah? And you like it's really good food, and you just stuffed yourself, and you just kind of wheelbarrow yourself out into the living room. <laughs> And like everybody's just kind of sitting on the couch, what and just happened? Sitting on the hearth, and just uh, this pleasantly stuffed feeling. Uh huh. We were in one of those. It, it was like Christmas time, and uh-huh. it was me and my wife, and my brother and his wife, my grandparents, my parents, just a whole fam, just relaxing around the living room. Oh. You know, back when you could put more than two people in a room, and it was okay, like a Hallmark Channel movie. And we were just sitting there, and all of a sudden. My mother says, oh, no, is something burning? Oh, no. And so then all of us, all of us turn into like Toucan Sam trying to follow my nose. Hmm. Smells. It smells like someone's burning Brussels sprouts. And my mom goes, we didn't have Brussels sprouts tonight. So she gets up and she's poking around the kitchen. The oven's off. The the stovetops are off. There's nothing going on. And then finally, my father goes, oh, no. Oh, no, what? We had the uh, fireplace turned on. 
and there was a pillow that had gotten too close to the fireplace. Did you know burning pillows smell like burning Brussels sprouts? There was a pillow burning in the fireplace? He was sitting on it. <laughs> and the corner got just a little scorched. Your father was sitting on a burning pillow? And it smelled like Brussels sprouts. Why would a pillow smell like Brussels sprouts? Uh, maybe it was an organic pillow. You kind of go... And then those two words that come out of your mouth, sometimes you don't know what. You don't even want to know the answer to them. What's burning? Well, when my kids were little, I was taking them to the babysitter to drop them off. I had three little ones in the back seat. And all of a sudden, I said, what's burning? And I looked back, and my youngest daughter had found a lighter and set her little brother's coat on fire. No! Oh, my goodness. What did you do? What do you do? I'm trying to drive, and I'm trying to pat out this coat. (laughs) And all the kids' eyes are, like, so big. And then I finally got a chance to pull over and make sure the coat was out. They were freaking out. I was freaking out. And you drop them off at the sitter, and my son's coat's smoldering, and it's like, here you go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to work now, and I'm, I don't want to talk about it. So. <laughs> and we have so enjoyed hearing your what's burning stories. And, uh, you know, it's more than just food. To understand this story, you really need to know my mom. And she is a quintessential introvert, right? Okay. So I was pretty young. I was probably 13. I was at church. And in between Sunday school and church, I'm walking into the auditorium, and I smell a smell. And uh, you know it, the smell of burning hair. Oh, no. And I walk into the auditorium. It's Christmas time. And I walk in, and there's this crowd of people around my mom. She was talking to somebody against the wall, and she had backed into the candle and had lit her hair on fire oh, no. all around her fussing around her like getting scissors to cut off the burned part it was a mess oh, your my mother goodness. set her hair on fire at church you know we introverts <laughs> we're not really familiar with how to get attention and sometimes you know when we need it we do weird things and this might have been it yeah <laughs> I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, every Christmas, and Christmas is coming, we make sure that she stays away from all the candles just in case. I mean, if you get most of the people back into the vehicle, isn't that good enough? That's a passing grade. I mean, seriously, 90% of your family gets back in the vehicle. You got an A. We went on a family trip with my grandma, and it was my whole family, my grandma. She's the cutest little old lady ever, and we went to Washington, D.C., after doing the touring, we walked back to our van, and our van had been robbed. <gasps> Somebody had broke into it. So we had, like, stuff all over the ground and everything. So so our minds were, like, not where they needed to yeah. be. We picking stuff up and putting stuff away and shoving it back in the van. And we get everything back in there, and we pull away, and we're, we're back on the interstate. We're all talking, and my mom's like, you know, hey, Mom. And she's talking to her mom, and no one's answering. Oh, no. And we turn around, and we're like, we left Grandma Betty. So we go back. We go back. Like you guys, I'm not even kidding. Maybe an hour later, sure enough, there's little Grandma no. Betty holding a hair dryer that had fallen out of our van, just standing there waiting for us. She was just like, "Oh, there you are. Okay, let's get back in." You know, you guys, I found the hair dryer. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, Jeffrey, do you have a left-behind story? It was uh, more of a prank. Not very nice, but it was funny at the time. Yeah. There was like six or seven of us. Uh, we were spending the night, and a buddy had a trumpet. So we had a plan that uh, you pastor just talked about the rapture. So we had buddies come over, and the first guy that fell asleep, I had the other buddies get together. We changed into our other outfit. We left our other outfits on the sleeping <gasps> bag. We went oh. up there. <laughs> My buddy blew the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> the trump resounds. He was in pure panic. <laughs> he even yelled out, I know I accept it. I know I accept it. No! That's awesome! <laughs> okay, Doug, what's your left-behind story? When I was younger and at church, our uh, Sunday school classes were held after church, right? My mom would often take that opportunity to run to the store to get groceries. And so one particular Sunday, Sunday school had ended, and, and so I was waiting on the steps of the church. And uh, here comes her car down the street. And so I start to stand up and get ready, uh, walking towards her, and I realize uh, she's not slowing down. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, she goes flying by. Just watch those taillights. <laughs> right. And so I, what do I do? I start to run after no. her, of course. And, oh, no. Um, I was able to catch up to her at the, no. at the stop sign. Um, she was surprised when I got in the back seat um, and, uh, because she was in another world. She oh, was yeah. not. Uh, See, yeah, you right. didn't like identify. Not, uh, you just opened up the door and got in. And she tells a story now that, you know, if she wouldn't have had to wait for another car at the stop sign, she would have got away. But, um, you know. It's just life. Yep. It happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we leave people behind. Brenda, what's your left behind story? My girlfriend and I were traveling through the night to uh, spring break in Philadelphia, and her mother was traveling with us. And we had this great, great big car. And so she was sleeping in the back. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, we decided to stop at a turnpike in Ohio. And so we said, hey, we're going to go to the bathroom. Do you want to go? And she goes, no, I'm good. I'm good. So we went and got back in the car and went down the road. Next thing you know, when the, the tolls were to be paid, because she paid the tolls, she wasn't there. Oh, what? no. Where did she go? She decided to go to the bathroom after ah, all. Didn't she had tell to go us. after all. <laughs> and we didn't have cell phones back then. What did you do? So we realized we had to circle back and get her. There's a word that you hear a lot anymore. It's the word anxiety. Mm -hmm. We hear a lot about that word. And we found out that a friend of Life 107.1... Jean Holthouse, she's a licensed clinician with mm -hmm. Pine Rest Christian Mental Health Services, wrote a book about anxiety. So I was like, well, I'm going to get hold of this. One of the first things I saw in the book was when Jean said, anxiety isn't a bad thing. Yeah, which totally, because I was like, well, you know, I have anxiety. And let me tell you, when it flares up, it sure feels bad. And so we had a chance to talk with her. And I wanted to know, what do you mean anxiety isn't a bad thing? In fact, if we didn't have anxiety, we probably wouldn't survive. Our bodies are built so that when, for example, if someone swerves into your lane of traffic, you need to have that healthy anxiety so that your body flips into fight, flight, or freeze. And when it does that, then you can make an automatic reaction. If you had to stop and think, hmm, car in my lane of traffic, what should I do now? You'd be smashed. Wow. But your body automatically reacts from that anxious place. And then once that outside stimulus passes, the anxiety dissipates.
That's right, and that's when you feel that my legs turn to mush, yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. I can all barely. All of a sudden, I'm like vibrating, right? Yeah. And I can barely yeah. drive mm-hmm. anymore. And all I need to do is pull off the road and kind of regroup. Right. That's the absence of anxiety. Yeah, that's where it's dissipating and going away. Your body's returning to its normal state. So anxiety isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's no. a God-given mm-hmm. response to when we need to react quickly. Yeah. Yes, when there's some danger of some sort. We've been talking with our friend Jean Holthouse, who wrote a book, Managing Worry and Anxiety. And we found out anxiety isn't a bad thing. Not necessarily, no. Worry isn't a good thing. In fact, worrying about something is like hitting yourself with a hammer in preparation for the time that you slam your head in a door. So what we want to know now is worrying, clearly not something we should do. So we asked Jean, what should we do instead of worrying? That's that place where we have to be willing to stay in the very present moment because God's only given us what we need for the present moment. So we have to bring ourselves back to the right now. And look at, will I trust God for those things that either have happened and I'm not thrilled with them or might happen? And will I stay grounded in the present moment? Wow. That means letting go. It does. <laughs> it means trusting that God's got what we don't have. Now, sometimes I want to let go, mm-hmm. but my brain won't let me. Yes. So what's the difference between these, like, we just have these unhealthy habits and mm-hmm. your body is actively working against you with your anxiety? Yeah. So if you go one step past that kind of worry zone, then you get into what we would call anxiety disorders. And those are actually disorders, just like diabetes is mm-hmm. a disorder. It's where your body is flipping into that fight, flight, freeze place, either unexpectedly or it's just living there all of the time and you can't make it stop and that's a medical condition that needs both therapy to help you change thought patterns but oftentimes also medication to help you look at changing that body chemistry and kicking your body back down out of that fight flight freeze place We've probably all heard it described this way. When you when somebody says that they have an anxiety disorder, then somebody else says, Well, you're just not you don't have enough faith. You gotta trust God. Gotta he trust provides God for more. the lilies of the field, even right. use Bible verses to go with that. <laughs> and so when Jean mentioned that sometimes we consider anxiety disorders a faith issue, we wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit more. So Jean, why do we treat it that way? It's because of that verse that says, be anxious for nothing and Mm. the ways that we've been taught about it. Because we use that same word anxiety to describe kind of a momentary worry that we use to describe an anxiety disorder. It's hard to tell. Is God saying that I'm doing it wrong if I'm having an anxiety disorder? Mm. And we've we've not taught the difference well. I think a lot of mental issues from anxiety to depression look a lot like regular negative emotions. Yes. Anxiety disorder looks a lot like being stressed out. Depression looks a lot like being sad. And yes. there's really a whole lot different going on between those two things. Definitely. Oh, wow. You just point. described that really mm. well. Thank you. Mm. How do you tell the difference? It's by the level of impairment in your life. If I'm someone who worries and it's a bad habit, I can still function and live my life and be effective. It's maybe not as comfortable and nice as I'd like it to be at times. And, you know, it's waking me up in the middle of the night every now and then. But if I have an anxiety disorder, it's creating an impairment in my life that's making it hard or impossible to do the things that I need to do to be a healthy individual, to connect with God well, to love my family well, to do the things I want to do in life without being impaired. I'm going to admit something. My hardest problem right now during this whole global pandemic COVID-19 thing is thinking about the future, Mm -hmm. worrying about next month, the month after that. I keep worrying about things that are not now. Now, I don't need to worry about, but I am worrying about stuff 
in the future. And my worry is turning into anxiety. And I think it's interesting, uh, Jean Holthouse, who wrote Managing Worry and Anxiety, one of the things she told about us as a really important coping skill when dealing with anxiety is to stay focused in the moment. It's really cool that God knew the things we need to do and It's not really separate from psychology. Psychology is just the things that God's told us. We're discovering them. Mm. And so when we are in that present moment, and the present moment is defined by the things that you can see, hear, feel, touch, and taste. If you can't use one of your senses to find it, it's not in the present moment. Mm. Wow. Those are the places where God is because he's in this moment with us. Mm. And those are the things he's equipped us for. So when we stay here, we have what we need and we don't borrow either the pain from the past or the pain that might be present in the future. Mm. Okay. That literally just gave me goosebumps. Me too. Wow. That's so good. What we can use our current senses for Mm -hmm. right now, that is the present moment. That's the present. So me sitting here thinking about what am I going to make for dinner tonight or rehearsal Mm -hmm. or, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow on building sets and stuff like that, worrying about Monday, that is not the present moment. And it actually robs you of the present moment. Hmm. And it brings stuff into the present moment that you don't have what you need to deal with. God hasn't given it to you yet. That's amazing. So I open up Facebook and you know when you've got notifications. It makes you feel good. Somebody my, noticed me. You look at your little bell. It's that little bell figure and, and, and icon. And, you know, it says like two or three or four. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yay. And then you click on it and it says Facebook has recommended an event. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh, something fun. It's it's looked through your interests and it's combed through the community and said, this is something that's for you. So I was truly excited. Yeah. So I clicked where it said, Facebook has recommended an event to you. Yeah. And the first words I see are open house. Okay. Like, oh, I love those are two houses. good words. Oh, I'm curious. No. You know, I'm the type of person that if it's an open house, it means it's probably kind of a new place. Yeah. And there's probably food and there's probably food and there's people mm-hmm. Ooh, open house. Yay. And so I'm like, open house. Yay. I wonder where it is. Well, it's in Urbandale. <gasps> I live right by it's Urbandale. By. It's an open house in Urbandale and it's for the senior center. Um, <laughs> Facebook invited me. Facebook. Facebook recommended me to the senior center. Leave while Jen processes. I was like, what? But Facebook. I'm 29 and a half years old. Maybe. Why are you inviting me to a senior center? They were thinking you have senior friends. You look like someone who's friends with seniors. I do have a daughter who's a senior. She uh, that's probably what it was, Jen. You know, now that I think about it. Oh yeah. This was a hilarious misunderstanding. I literally went from <gasps> to what? <laughs> <laughs> they know a lot about us. Mm-hmm. I mean, Facebook and companies and social media. Yeah. And so when they invite you to something, You'd think it would be spot on. But sometimes they just get it wrong. In the same week, like two days apart, I got mail with coupons for formula and diapers. Okay. And two days later, got an invitation to join AARP. (laughs) (laughs) Just, we're going to cover all the bases here. Somebody's going to get what they need out of this. And yet she doesn't need either. (laughs) Oh, I was like early 40s at the time. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe with the, the AARP, they're like, you'll grow into it. Just just set it aside for a while. And the formula 
some people are like, you never know. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice to be included. Yeah. But sometimes you get invited to something that kind of misses the mark. When I was 50, I got an invitation to join the cremation society. <laughs> what? It, they have a society? <laughs> yes. I, it was disturbing. And I thought, we know we're all going to die, but let's. You know, come on. There's a club? What do you do at the meetings? I don't know. And then I got another one about five years later, just as disturbing but more real at that point because you're not getting any younger. But stop inviting me, please. I don't want to be in your club. Chuck, have you ever been invited someplace strange? Yep. To coffee and tea at a funeral home. <laughs> what? Oh. What? Yep. Pre-need. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-need. You're, you're going to be a customer eventually. <laughs> they always are. Laughter is good medicine. Yes. Right now we need good medicine. And so... On the heels of me almost adopting a new beagle, but not quite doing it, we <laughs> want to hear some of your funny pet names. Now, when I was five and my sister was six, we adopted a cat. He was a really cool cat, and we named him Jeremiah until he had kittens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that drew some explanation from for quite some time, because we said Jeremiah's story was 14. You kept the name, huh? She wouldn't answer to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Kara, do you have a funny pet name to share? We had a little white cat when I was growing up, and we called her Dandruff. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Who thought of that? My brothers and I thought that up when we got her. Perfect. My dad always told us kids we needed to have unique names for the animals, so we had Dandruff. We had Dandruff! Sometimes you just gotta laugh, and... Nothing makes you laugh quite as hard as silly pet names. It started out as Rambo because he was rambunctious. This is a dog. Well, then from Rambo to Ramster. Well, from Ramster to Hamster. <laughs> and we lived in the country. And so I'd let him out, go to the restroom. And, you know, he'd, he'd scout around the yard and live in the country. So then I'd be calling out the door, Hamster, come here, bud. Hamster. So anyone driving by in the car would think that I'd left the hamster out to go outside. He's actually a dog, but we called him a hamster, among several other, you know, nicknames that we had. A dog named Hamster. I love it. A dog named Hamster. Thank you so much for making us laugh. Yeah. We have had so much fun hearing your silly pet names. The nurse that I worked with, um, she lives over in, like, Washington, Iowa. Has a little menagerie, you know, cats, dogs, birds, hot belly pigs. Oh, man. A duck. She wanted to go get another companion duck, and her husband's like, okay, that's all you can get is a duck. Well, She wanted a companion duck? Well, you know, because a duck needs to have a friend. Why not? Okay. So, no, there, she had a duck, and she needed another duck for that duck. Oh! The duck oh. needed a companion duck. That's now it. that makes right. sense. Okay. So, when she came home, she had a goat in the back of the truck, and she opened up the door and told her husband, meet duck. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Taylor and Jen Podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at Life1071.com or on the Life1071 app.